Well, she's an American girl raised on promises. Hey, welcome to Back From the Brink. This is Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us shortly. Or maybe Tolly, depends on how high her heels are today. Ar, ar, ar. Um, so lots going on in the world. Um, big news from Apple yesterday with the Apple Developers Conference. And um, uh, we'll talk a little. We talked about that during the radio show, a large segment, two segments today. Um, I'll throw in a few extra things here. We didn't even talk about App Clips, which will be coming to um, iOS. That's kind of cool because if you're in the middle of doing something and you need an app to to do something, you need to switch to an app or something, basically it's going to embed bits and pieces of apps. So you'll get the functionality, and then that functionality will go away when you no longer need it. Just little pop-ups, like little cards that pop up from the bottom of the screen that will um, give you some capabilities to do things. Um, you know, and they're all they're all small and uh, and quick discoverable app uh, app clips that will give you some functionality. They're going to add to the functionality, sort of an extensible functionality of the operating system, and uh, developers will be able to create app clips for their apps if they want to, and then embed links to just to call that up. So, like if you're on web pages um, or uh, say like you're um, um, you know, scrolling through Etsy and you want to um, buy something um, uh, that you might be able to, or you're scrolling through somebody's web page and it, it might then be able to pop up an Etsy app that'll give you a way to buy it. So here's Aaron. Let's get her online. Welcome, Aaron. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> doing good. Doing good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I was just um, look, talking about app clips, which is a new feature coming to iOS that we didn't get to. I mean, there's so many things they mentioned, um, you know, and we've already taken up two segments uh, during the radio show. But uh, app clips is like little bits of apps that pop up in context when you need to do something that'll just be able, available to you to pop up and you can click on it. Like if you're scrolling through a web page and you say, hey, that's cool, I'd like to buy that. Well, maybe then like the Etsy uh, store will pop up in an app clip and you can click on buy right then and there and then the little app click will go back and disappear when you're done. And so you don't have to launch oh. a whole other app. It's sort of integrated into things um, to give you really quick access to to stuff. Which um, That's dangerous. We'll see how, yeah, exactly, yeah. It's like, hey, quick, here's how to spend some money. Um, just what I needed to, to, you know, make spending money even easier and more quick. Um, you know, and, and so, I mean, we'll see how, how that actually gets integrated into the system. But it sort of, you know, makes the operating system a little extensible because they can make, add functionality and features that happen sort of at the OS level rather than, um, uh, you know, having to launch a, a, an app and go to, you know, out out of what you're doing, go to the app and then come back to it, that kind of thing. So um, trying to do more things in context. They're also launching digital keys, which they've talked about. And the 2021 BMW 5 Series will be the first one that you'll be able to open the open and start the car with just your phone or your watch. You won't have to carry keys anymore. Wow. Uh, which is kind of interesting because, you know. Those, and kind of unnerving. Those dongles have gotten bigger and clunkier, so one less thing to carry. But, yeah, the other thing, that, and this is where it's interesting because Apple, you know, they're big on security, so that all this stuff is heavily encrypted. But you'll be able to send a key to somebody. So, like, if I had left a car parked at your place, I could send you the key for a period of time and say, well, if you need to move it, go ahead and move it out of the way, you know, while I'm traveling somewhere. But the car is at your house, that kind of thing. So I can see some really things that make it handy, but it also terrifies me if that kind of thing ever got hacked, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there's well, and there's something to be said for having a physical key. So in some of the in some of the fobs, and maybe it's mm-hmm. just the older fobs, um, there's there's you can use the the keyless entry, or you you can push a button, they pull out a key. Right. So you know that you can at least get into your car if the battery's dead or whatever. Yeah, and um, I think that that'll still exist. But my question, yeah, if you're not even carrying the key, right? I guess women, you'll have the key just somewhere in your purse. You have to dig for it. Most women, right? Guys, yes. I'm going to get used to not carrying a key. I'm not going to even have it with me. You know, maybe in a wow. backpack, which is probably in the back seat of the car. <laughs> right? That's a good place for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although I have to say, I'm, I'm, I don't like carrying a purse. So during the week, I, mm-hmm. I have a bag with my computer and all the stuff in it. And on the weekend, I want to put stuff in my pockets. And very right. often, there are not pockets or not decent pockets. Women get uh, on che- cheated on that, don't they? They really, we really it's do. Like, it's like pockets like, are for men. Women's pockets aren't really pockets. They're they're small wedges where things don't really fit. <laughs> and maybe they're thinking women don't want bulk on their bodies, you know, to make them look fat or something. I don't know, but um, you know, I I I want a pocket, and I'll yeah. stuff stuff in my pockets. Yeah. You know. No, women definitely get cheated on the. You pay more for your clothes, and they're less functional. Exactly. Yeah, As a matter of fact, I I was looking for. I have this great pair of like exercise leggings that come that have a little skirt on them that I got from REI a few years ago, and it's lightweight and it's breathable, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, that, REI doesn't carry it anymore, and so I was looking for um, for a new uh, something new. And the only thing I don't like about them is, about it is that it's got a zipper pack, but it's it's got a zipper like a pocket, but it's big enough for a key. That's all that will fit. A key. A key. Whee. And so it's like, um, all right, so what am I going to mm-hmm. do with my phone? <laughs> yeah. You need to, to you know. shop the 511 store where they've got, like, the uh, survivalist gear and uh, and police fatigues and stuff because they got pants with 27 pockets. Of course, oh, they, yes. they look like balloons attached to your legs. But, but you got room for everything. Yes, but I don't imagine they'd be too comfortable at the gym. No, not at all. No. No, but you train in them because that way you're ready. There you Re- go. Ready for what we don't know. We don't know what you're ready for, but you're ready. It's important to be ready. Ready to join the ranks of the paranoid. Yeah. Although I have to say, I have I've recently, I, I bought, I can't wait till it comes. I bought, I, although I don't know why I can't wait till it comes, except that it's cool. I bought a giant drum. Because you bought like, it and you want it. Exactly. A 40-day supply of, of like beans, rice, lentils. You know, vegan uh-huh. emergency food. So, I kind of um, did that when COVID happened, just by shopping at the store. We now have <laughs> sacks of dried rice. I have a twenty-five pound sack of dried rice. Uh, well, that's how I buy my rice anyway. Got you know, I've got probably fifteen bags of dried beans. I just figured this is stuff that will stay in the pantry for a long time, and we can make it yeah. in the the uh, instant well, pot. This came in a sealed bucket, Todd. Mm. So it made it better. Yeah, I have. I, I bought, in fact, it's probably due to replace now because I've had it too long. I think it's good for five years. Um, I have a five-gallon sealed bucket of, like, emergency or in, in our earthquake kit. Um, yeah. You know, dried foods that you can rehydrate and eat. And, um, you know, I bought it when my kids were still living at home, so it's well over five years old now. Um, but the idea being that, yeah, you know, if something happens, we need to be able to have something to eat on, even if it's not particularly palatable. Um, for a period of time. This even came with a spice packet. 
So, Sweet. I mean, it won't, it won't be, it, here's the thing. It's not gourmet dining at its oh, finest. You're going to have to open uh, it up and throw a bottle of Cholula in there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, but the thought is, you know, I have other emergency food, but it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's got animal products in there. So I bought emergency food that I can eat. There you go. You know, and, and I think, you know, a bottle of Cholula probably has a shelf life of about, you know, 300 years. So you're probably safe because <laughs> literally no germs could I grow in Cholula, there. Man. I don't think, I don't think germs could grow in there, which is awesome. <laughs> you know. That's not true. That's yeah. not true. People don't, don't keep your Cholula for 500 years and expect it to work. Yeah. Or, you know, well, that and Twinkies, years. that and Twinkies. Um, yeah, well, I'm Tallulah a weirdo. might make like the Twinkie more palatable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I just drove by that Cafe Organics. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait to try it on Friday. That's cool. Yeah. Have myself a, a vegan now, treat. Where, where is it again? It is on the corner of Hospitality Lane and the exit to the... 10 freeway i mean exit for on the waterman exit from the 10 uh okay. going west okay so, so it's right there near waterman and, and there's a street there and i don't remember what the name of the street is but it's right there on the corner if you know where tgi fridays is on hospitality lane in san bernardino um it's in that same shopping center so hospital water mentality exactly hospital water mentality <laughs> that's why i say it yeah, he he cool. got a great location. I mean, clearly he knew what he was doing. So because you can see it, I've been watching it every day. I get off the freeway and I can see it there, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait till that opens. And then I was starting to be afraid. What if it doesn't open? I hope the guy has lots of money. Turns out he does, and so he's been able to to push back his start date by quite a bit. Yeah, no, luckily you're right because the the a lot of places in that same situation would have gone. We can't do this now. Yeah. It's like there was a fresh uh-huh. and easy that was being put in on uh, Redlands Boulevard in like, so I'm going like to say. Near, near Mimi's? Is it, is it where that is? Yeah, it's across the street. Okay, so TGI Fridays is kind of across the street. Yes. It's next to TGI Fridays? Well, it's, yes, it's, it's, it's just down the ways. On, it's in the same strip mall as TGI Fridays. Ah, uh, gotcha. So, um, you know, I remember when there was a fresh and easy that was going in in Loma Linda, uh, uh, right, right as the crash of 2008 was happening. And, you know, I remember driving by it going, oh, man, I can't wait till it's open. Well, of course, it never did open. It's, it's a Dollar Tree or Dollar Store now. Yeah. Um, uh, and all fresh and easy, fresh and easy pulled out of the U.S. market. So um, uh, I was I was hoping that this place would open and not be like fresh and easy. Ah, so. Yeah, well, luckily, like you said, uh, John Sally's got the uh, the finances to say, let's just sit on this and wait. So, yep. um, yeah, let's hope it opens and it's very successful and it's delicious. Yes, exactly, exactly. Delicious. And, of course, we're talking about food. Yep. <laughs> As I drive by the Layman's Candy Company. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. Right? <laughs> All... 700 pounds of me. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, uh, loves the yeah. chocolate. You know, I it's I I love chocolate too. My favorite my favorite thing and I can't eat it anymore because it's got milk in it but and butter. But um they make a honeycomb chocolate like um honeycomb candy that's that's either dipped in milk dark or white chocolate and um I like all three of those. They're delicious. It's so mm-hmm. delicious. 
So, but not something I should be eating. It's not exactly healthy. Yeah. You still there? I, yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. I, I'm lis- just listening, just listening, but yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking I, um, about honeycomb chocolate. Yeah. It's hard not to. <laughs> so I got some, it was weird. I, uh, uh, did th- this past weekend. I spent father's day weekend in the Sacramento area with my daughter and her birthday was last Thursday. So we did birthday and father's day celebrations as we do most years. And we decided to leave the Sacramento area where it was 100-plus degrees and drive towards the coast. And so we went over to Bodega Bay and Petaluma and then down into San Francisco. And uh, and we also, uh, on Sunday, stopped at a winery. And you know, oh. now, now they're open, so we thought, well, let's see how this goes. And they give you the tastings in these little plastic cups like you would get your salsa from, um, uh, you know, restaurants in, these little plastic tasting cups, and uh, which was a little weird. And then they gave you a bag with, with actual glasses that you get with the tasting. You know, it was like a lot of places. It's like $10 a tasting, and then if you buy some wine, then that $10 goes towards the wine. And they said... Yeah, and if you buy this wine, you'll also get like the cups and and a box of chocolates. <laughs> and so we Ooh. went over to pick out our chocolates, and we picked out one, and said, "Okay, we'll take that one." And they went, "Oh no, all of you get a chocolate." <laughs> so we all picked out a box of chocolates. And I'm like, "What's wrong with these chocolates? Why are they giving away chocolates with wine?" Because <laughs> <laughs> they but, want people to come into the winery. They want you to say, "Oh, you get this uh, chocolate." Yeah. What was the name of the winery? Um, yeah, you would ask me that. I don't have it in front of me. Um, it was. Um, well, it was at the old sugar mill in at which is a tasting room for um, uh, probably several dozen wineries in the Sacramento area, and some of them also from Sonoma and Napa further south. And so it was quite good. Um, the one that impressed me the most wasn't the one that gave me the chocolates. It was uh, Draconis Winery, and uh, we actually got to meet the guy who owns the winery. He was the guy pouring our tastings. And he talked about how he has um, uh, sort of changed the way, the, fu- the the process for making the wine. A lot of wines are made with um, sulfites, and he doesn't use sulfites. He uses some other process, and he talked about all of it. It was very interesting to listen to him talk. He's an interesting guy, and he made some good wines. So um, we will enjoy those. Bought a couple bottles. So I have gone to... Um... I've been in the wine country in the central, in the central coast, on the central coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the, the central coast wines and I've been to Temecula obviously. And, um, there's wines in Miraloma and, um, in, uh, uh, Ranch Cucamonga. And yeah. I've been to those Every wineries. Every nook and, and cranny of California now, it seems like. Yeah. But I've never been to Napa and I want to go up there and, yeah. uh, try some of their wineries. Yeah, I've been to Napa. We didn't go to Napa and Sonoma this time. And, you know, I've not been since they had the big fires. So I don't know what the status of stuff is post-fires. Um, they had said that at the time, because of so much uh, being burnt, that there would be a huge impact in the California wine industry. Um, but I, I haven't seen it that much. I mean, there's still tons and tons and tons of California wines. I think it's because California wines have been so dispersed. They're not just in Napa and Sonoma anymore. They're all over the place. So... But I was in Napa years ago when we first got married, and uh, it was fun. It was nice. That was back when, when Napa was the California wine place, you know. And it's probably still the center of it, but it was, it, you know, there's just lots of options nowadays. Yeah. I, um, 
Yes. And I wonder, you know, because it takes a while for those grapes to grow. Right. And if were they mm-hmm. able to save because I know that they you, you start growing because you graft from uh, a, a vine that you like. Right. You like right. that particular grape. And so you graft it and you start growing from the graft. Right. And so, you know, if all of those were burned up, where are they going to go get their their grapes for yeah. their wine? Yeah. Well, and, you know, and and young vines produce grapes that are different than old old growth vines. And so, you know, old growth wines are, are from, from that area are gone. Right. Because the vines are gone. So, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know the status of that. Um, I've got a friend who lives in Sonoma and the fire burned within about um, uh, a block from her house. And so I need to wow. uh, I need to touch base with her and say, hey, you know, how are you guys doing? And, and I mean, I, they, I obviously did when the fires were going and they were OK. But uh, but, uh, you know, just curious how things are going these days. So. Yeah. Wow. Well, lots of destruction a- in a fire. Yeah. And, and it was bad. I mean, it was, and they had them over several years in different areas up there. And so, yeah. you know, the summer was the time to be choked out in California. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they're, they're, uh, what, 80 to a hundred miles from Sacramento and people in Sacramento were having breathing problems because of the fires in Sonoma. Crazy. You know, crazy. I, mean, that, I wonder what how this much year's... fire there was. Yeah, there was a ton. I wonder what this year's fire season will be like because we had a pretty normal year for rainfall, right? I mean, it wasn't uh-huh. it, it wasn't a drought year and it wasn't a it wasn't a flood year. So I wonder, you know, if things will calm down for the fire season. I mean, good lord, so much has burned over the last five years. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, the ash and stuff actually helps with regrowth. I mean, as things burn, it's 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 fertilizes and helps things grow back. But, you know, a lot of destruction and, you know, and that causes, you know, uh, mudslides. And then, like you said, the, 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 the rain then causes lots of, of undergrowth and weeds, which then dry out and burn better. <laughs> so it's just like it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. Really so um, we should all move. <laughs> well, people are people yeah. are uh, people are moving. Um you know, it's amazing how many people I talk to who are looking at uh, either retiring in different states or just moving to different mm-hmm. states in general because it's expensive here and it's a difficult, you know, regulatory environment for business. It's a difficult, yeah. you know, it's a difficult uh, state to to build wealth. It is. I, I, you know, I know I've mentioned it before. I used to work for a newspaper and the publisher there was from Florida and he always referred to it as the People's Republic of California. Yeah, so absolutely. The hardest place on earth to actually run a business. And uh, and so he he was frustrated and very happy to move back to Florida at one point. <laughs> well, you know, we've looked at we've looked at property in um, uh, in Arizona. We've looked at property in North Carolina, you know, and I, I love our friends. I love where we live. I love um, mm-hmm. the 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 support networks we've built. But, you know, even people here are saying, well. When I retire, I want my dollar to go a little farther. Mm -hmm. You know, I might want to start a business that that will that I can run in retirement and, you know, or something like that. And I don't know that I want to do that here. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, I I even looked at property on the big island in Hawaii and said, you know, there's some affordable properties there. Of course, they're all going to slide into the ocean at some point. But yeah. uh, Are those properties still there? Or Or burn up because the volcano will wash over them. Exactly. Are they under under lava at the moment? Oh, the Big Island scares me. There is that, yeah. 
<laughs> you know, it's funny because they they've already named the next island. It's about a mile under the ocean, but it's coming up, and so they're they're naming it. But it'll take about thirty thousand years, they think, for it to get break the surface. So they've already got a name for the next island, and. For people who don't know, geologically, each of the subsequent islands, if you look at the chain of the Hawaiian Islands, the newest one is Hawaii, the big island. Because um, they call it the big island because it's been the biggest one since we remember. But the others were also very large. And over a period of time, as the next new one starts, parts of the old ones like break off the mountain and, and, there's, and slide down under the ocean. And so the big island may not be the biggest island for a long time. For You know, it's not a permanent status. <laughs> It just happens over a oh, long period of time. seriously? Yes. And so um, there is a large chance that a big chunk of the Big Island will drop down underneath the ocean at some point and that there will be huge tsunamis hitting the uh, coastline of whichever side of the island decides to slide down and away. Um, but it could be 30,000 years, so we just don't know. You know, there's no indication wow. that it's like going to happen anytime soon. But, you know, in geological times... Uh, you know, time frame, it, it, it's probably going to happen. Wow. You know, or it may never happen. We don't know. But but there's evidence that the other islands have had that happen, too, that there were um, larger land masses and that over time that then dropped and slid down. And so that the part that we see above the water is now smaller than it once was. Huh. Well... I, island living, gotta love it. Island, li- yeah, exactly. I that's 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 unnerving. That's <laughs> uh, yeah. Think? I don't. Yeah, that's that's unnerving. I mean, Hawaii is beautiful. Uh, it is absolutely beautiful, um, but um, that that would be too much. It's I not not a problem you know, if there's an earthquake or if your your ground sw- slides into the water. Just jump up in the air. You won't feel a thing. <laughs> Is that all you do? As long as you stay up in the air for a long enough time. <laughs> there you go. So grow some wings. Come on. You got 30,000 years to evolve. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it, man. Think about it. Just put it on the list. Put it on the list. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, on that note, <laughs> sorry, no. I'm still thinking about it. Joel um, Schumacher passed away. Yeah, he did. I just he, saw that. Cancer. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was uh, behind Batman. Uh, he was the director for Batman Forever and St. Elmo's Fire. So, among oh, others. I liked St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah. That was kind of a, you know, it was a coming of age movie, but in a very dark way. Because, you know, they're dealing with Gen Xers. So, why not? <laughs> yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, um, there was a. <laughs> What, what, what? I just saw there, you know, he's, they say you're talking about things that he's famous for. And he had Batman and Robin suits with visible nipples. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, that's what I want on my epithet. Yeah. <laughs> epithet, epi, epithet. You know what I meant? E- epitaph. Yeah. yeah epitaph. Epithet is something totally <laughs> exactly. different. Exactly. I, and I realized as soon as I said it, it was like, that's not what I wanted. Yeah. yeah. So another film producer, and I was trying to remember his name, which is why I was kind of going M-I-E. A film producer, Steve Bing, apparently committed suicide. Yeah, um, he, he had he, dated um, Liz Hurley. They have a son Hurley. together. Yeah. Um, so he was a film bankroller, a writer, a philanthropist. He died Monday afternoon in L.A. Um, uh, and this is according to TMZ, who always seems to get the story first. 
he jumped from a 27-story apartment building in Century City. Um, dang, right? Wow. Uh, he's, so they say that it's not a definitive link to suicide, um, but he, apparently he had been depressed while in lockdown. And, um, you know, it means, it means they, they, they haven't, they have to do some due diligence to, but it's probably suicide. You know, yeah. it could be foul play, but it's probably suicide. You're um, in a room by he, yourself and you jump over a, off of a balcony. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he wrote uh, Kangaroo Jack, which I thought was a really cute movie, and pumped oh, yeah. $85 million into Tom Hanks' 2004 Polar Express. He founded the Shangri-La Entertainment Production Company in 2000. And, um, uh, yeah, I'm. he's apparently started whose fortune started with six, $600 million he inherited as a teen from his real, real estate developer grandfather. Um, uh, he was a major donor toward environmental initiatives and close to former President Clinton, um, whose foundation received at least $10 million from him. Uh, he was known for his laid-back, unpretentious style. Then-DNC Ter- then fundraiser Terry McAuliffe has relayed a story showing up in 2000 to billionaire Ron Burkle's house to seek donors for the party summer convention. And Bing was there wearing ripped up old jeans and a t-shirt with holes in it. Um, McAuliffe thought he was a gardener or pool boy until Bing pulled out a crumpled check from his pocket and wrote it out for a million bucks. (laughs) In addition to Damien Hurley, he also had a daughter with 21 year old Kira Bonder, uh, 21 daughter, 21 year old Kira Bonder with ex tennis pro Lisa Bonder. So, yeah. Ah, suicide is terrible. Yeah, no, you just hate to hear that. Yeah, you do. Um, I mean, you don't want to hear about anybody's passing, but, you know, when you make it to 80 and you die of cancer, you're going like, okay, well, you know, he made it to 80. You're not going to, I mean, realistically that, you know, he's not going to live a whole lot longer even if he was healthy. Um, Hopefully he wasn't in pain, but the suicide is just the person's got to be in agony you know and just mental anguish to get to that point you feel bad for him yep so um an extraordinary act of solidarity um apparently 39 other drivers in nascar drivers surrounded bubba wallace Mm -hmm. escort his car to the front of the line before the race um and so this is what the ap is calling an extraordinary act of solidarity. Um, they, these drivers, uh, uh, other NASCAR drivers pushed Bubba Wallace's car to the front of the field Monday before the Talladega super speedway race. Uh, the day prior, a noose had been found in his stall, a shocking incident now being investigated by the FBI. Um, he's only, he's the only black driver in NASCAR, which is surprising, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, bef- before Monday's re- race, all 39 other drivers and their crews marched down pit road exhort, es, escorting his car he wept as he climbed out of it i'm proud to, st- to stand where i'm at he said the sport is changing um yeah. you know and, and you do have some rednecks who are who are upset about it that you know they want to be able to fly the what they just think is the southern flag um which is the confederate flag but i think it's time i think it's time for that to go yeah, no, I agree. And in fact, uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State's uh, running back, Kylan Hill, says he will not represent this state until they change the Mississippi flag. The Mississippi flag is the only state in the United States that still has the Confederate banner on it. And so in the um, 
you know, where our stars are on the national flag. They have three bars going across red and white and blue, and then they have in the area that would be our stars on the national flag, they have the Confederate um, flag. And he has said, you know, every other state has dropped that, has changed it. They don't have the Confederate flag anymore. And he's just said, you know what, I'm not going to play football for a state college for a state that has that flag. Except that he accepted a scholarship. I'm sure he accepted a scholarship. Oh, I'm sure from, he did, but he can transfer. You know, no, no, no. I just meant it didn't bother him before, but right. now he's noticing it and he's making a big deal about it. Mm-hmm. He should have picked a different school because it hurts his team because those dollars are committed to him. I just wish he hadn't done that. You know, turn down the school and then make a statement about it. But people grow. Uh, people grow. You know, they and do. So when he took that when he took that scholarship a year or two or three ago. You know, I mean, I don't know how old he is. So, uh, you know, he 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 maybe wasn't aware. I mean, you can't expect a you know eighteen year old to be necessarily super socially aware. They're usually aware of you know things within arm's reach, and that's about the extent of it. And that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know, yeah. Um, you know, and so you know, I, I understand, and yeah, ideally, I think you're right, but but he could also just say, you know what, I at this point in my life don't feel like I can do this anymore. I can't support a, a state school that, that for this state if they're going to do that. And you know, he can transfer. He can go somewhere else. He can get his finish his degree elsewhere. He can. You know, if he or if he plans to even finish his degree, maybe expects to go to the NBA. I don't know how or NBA NFL. Um, you know, I don't know how how good he is and whether that he's a prospect. I don't know the name that much, but uh, um, but you know, I, yeah. mean, I don't disagree that you know you don't need to have uh, Confederate imagery because it it perpetuates a line of thought about glorifying a time period and and, and a a location where inequity was the norm i don't know if you were i I agree um but if if you were the state of mississippi how do you think how do you think mississippi mississippians mississippians um people from mississippi will react to this i suspect that just like anywhere else there's going to be some people who are going to be getting in line and saying yeah let's get rid of it let's redesign it there's going to be some people going this is this is our heritage and and you know, and and uh, why should we change it for him or you or for anybody? This is us. And and I see both sides of that. But I, like I said, I just think that you know, if you if you if you take something and and try to make it historically something that you remember fondly, the history, you know, back when, and, and back when was a horrible time for for a large number of people because they were treated as chattel. Then, you know. It's it maybe those those images need to go, you know. Now I think it's a little nuts when they're when they're extending that to basically any statue of anybody ever, because they might have been racist and they're tearing down statues, um, right? You know, but but you know, put a, a statue of of Jefferson Davis or Robert E. Lee, um, you know, fine. They can be talked about in a museum because they are part of the history. But you don't put a, a, a statue of them up in the square and say things were better back then. You know, as a as a as a country, we have deprioritized teaching history, and we're seeing the fruits of that right now. Um, in that they tore down the statue for Abraham Lincoln, they tore down the statue for Ulysses S. Grant. Right. Um, they, you know, it's like, are you people stupid? Are you stupid because you just are ignorant or both? Because yeah. Abraham Lincoln. Uh, 
uh, was, pre I mean, Abraham Lincoln is the reason why we have an Emancipation Proclamation. It's the reason why, you know, his, his uh, pushing for it is the reason why um, uh, we have the 13th Amendment. It's, you know, I, 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 yeah. what are they doing? Yeah, it's like they want to erase everything that happened during slavery times. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Some of these people who are fighting to end slavery, those right. are the people. You know, it's, it's like you don't want to forget the history. You want to maintain the history. You just want to put it in the right perspective. You don't want to glorify the wrong side of the story. And so you need to sit down and think about, well, what's the right way to think about this? And, you know, like I said, I think it belongs in history books. It belongs in museums. It doesn't belong on a, you know, 20 foot statue in the town square. Right. And when I say, well, it, I'm talking about like uh, Jefferson Davis. Well, and, and um, apparently those statues were put up um, by the daughters of the Confederacy. I learned this last night. They were put mm -hmm. up in the daughters, yeah, by the daughters of, of the Confe Confederacy. A lot of them, the Jefferson Davis and the Robert E. Lee and et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, as a response to the, to the start of the civil rights movement. Um, so they started putting them in, in the fifties and, um, right. uh, as a way of, of being rebellious, um, and mm -hmm. you know, fine, take those down, put them, put them again, put them in a museum. We don't right. need those in the town square. I think, you know, having, having military bases named after Confederate, anybody doesn't make any sense to me. Right. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and because... I think it's it's that glorifying of this this time where somebody imagines that things were better, and they clearly weren't. They were, you know, clearly historically a really dark time for a large number of Americans. Yes. And I don't mean that as a pun when I say dark time, but I mean it was just it was, you know, when when people were not treated as humans, um, you don't glorify that time, and you don't glorify the people who were doing it. And those that's what needs to change. But but tearing down, you know, pick, uh, uh, statues of of uh, Ulysses S. Grant, who was the Union general who won the war, uh, <laughs> um, just for those who weren't clear, you know, um, I mean, come on. Oh, God. Well, um, any. Any, what do you think is going to happen with uh, Major League Baseball? I think Major League Baseball is that sucking sound you hear of things going down the drain. I think that the owners and the players are, have shot themselves in the foot so bad that nobody cares about them anymore. And I know there's lots of baseball fans out there, but as a general um, you know, population recognizing what's going on, I think that they, they've screwed up. I think that baseball, they'll be lucky if they're able to play. Um, and, you know, and honestly, I'm not sure football is going to play. I think basketball has the best chance of playing and they've got the best plan in place in terms of isolating everybody at Disney World. And, uh, I mean, we'll see if they can pull it off, but I, I can't imagine baseball is actually going to be playing this year. You know, I have some friends stupid. for whom <laughs> baseball is, I mean, they, they have, uh, a suite at the local minor league team and mm -hmm. uh, at their stadium. And they love baseball. Their social life in the summer is centered around that stadium and they, they love being there. And for them, this has been really hard because, yeah. you know, they, they're missing that they're missing mm -hmm. the, you know, being out there, meeting the guys and, and, um, just having, having fun at the stadium. Yeah. Um, they might be able to pull know. it off at, at the minor league level, but the, the MLB people just can't seem to get out of their own way. So um, I've just found a story that Trump has authorized the feds to 
arrest anyone who vandalizes statues on federal property. So he's authorized the federal government to uh, to make those arrests. The announcements came from from the president comes after rioters have destroyed numerous statues of former presidents, including Washington, Jefferson and Grant. Um, This is his quote. I have authorized the federal government to arrest anyone who vandalizes or destroys any monument statue or other such federal property in the U.S. with up to 10 years in prison uh, per the Veterans Memorial Preservation Act or other such laws that may be pertinent. This action is taken effective immediately, but may also be used retroactively for destruction or vandalism already caused. There'll be no exceptions. And it's not an ex post facto kind of thing because this law was already on the books. He's just letting people He's know, by the way, yeah. we are going to be prosecuting you. And he should. I mean, yeah, I don't know, they, disagree they, with that. Frankly, they, they should be doing it at the, the, the state and local level as well. Exactly. Exactly. You know, don't this, don't let this, this pass. I mean, you know, if it yes, we should have conversations about taking these things down, as we just said. But people going out and just randomly, you know, defacing our public properties is not acceptable. No, it's not. And I don't know a soul who. Well, and maybe it's just because I don't know them because I'm you know in a bubble here in California. But who looks at a at a statue and is motivated to to go out and you know do something racist and illegal you know what i'm saying it's like Mm -hmm. the statues i know they're emblematic but they don't they're not there's not a causal link between having a statue and then behaving badly so it's not like it's not like nobody is in imminent danger because a statue is there i guess is what i'm what i'm saying yeah unless it happens to be like leaning over and falling because it's a poorly built statue or something oh well yeah but then that's a totally different yes and you're standing underneath it right but then again That's not for you and me to go pull down. They should, you know, the city will send somebody out to either fix it or pull it down. I mean, come on. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's no... a totally different issue. Exactly. Yeah. It's 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 just ridiculous. I, I you know the the mass destruction of public property is somehow being excused in a lot of places, and uh, you know just because people are angry is not a reason that that you can go out and destroy property. And, and, and defy laws and the the elected officials that are saying step back and just let people do it like Seattle's mayor uh, should be ridden out of town uh, you know yes uh, on a rail on a rail you know I, yes. I think of um, um, brother where art thou right the movie yes <laughs> they they literally the guys come walking in with a with a log and they like die, set him on the log and walk him out you know literally rode him out of town on a rail uh so um lapd officers are calling in absent um uh and they call in absent for nearly 700 transit policing shifts in one week so uh the, the cops are 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 fighting mad um, feeling like they're under fire because they are mm-hmm. um, for the behaviors of some bad cops. And uh, they're starting to say, quit using us as punching bags and you want a day without a cop, you might get one. Um, there's been rumors that, um, that that cops are going to boycott, you know, they're going to do a sick out on the 4th of July in major cities like New York and maybe Los Angeles, um, which is kind of terrifying, actually, yeah. given, given, I mean, it you know, is it like... Um, you know, uh, what is the name of that movie where the purge, uh, oh, where right. you have a certain amount of time where you can do whatever you want. Cause there's no cops and God, that God help us. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I mean uh, we're already department- seeing that in limited in limited fashion, right? And and now yeah, they're we saying are. we're just going to make it worse because because you know we're tired of being your punching bags, and I don't blame them. I really don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame them either. I, you know, we had this conversation last night. I'm in this this group that talks about politics, and it's a very, it's a diverse group um, of people in age and political persuasion, and uh, less so um, ethnic ethnically. But uh-huh. um, uh, uh, we talked about how other countries, like Sweden and Scotland, and you know, uh, you know, obviously the UK being Scotland being in the UK. Uh, how they handle policing and they they have social workers and psychiatrists and um you know other people who go out on calls where perhaps they need a cop and a social worker and you know it's they're having it's it's being effective but it also said it's just very expensive yeah but we're we're expecting our cops just like we expect our teachers to do things for which they've never been trained right um you know we need to we need to redirect redirect not defund but redirect some of yes. the, the work that they do to other agencies and other places and then take some of the money and put it there so that they have the resources to do it. Right. Because the cops are going to go in and do what cops are trained and hired to do. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you can't blame a cop for being a cop. Now, I'm not talking about the bad ones. Those need mm-hmm. to go. But I'm talking about your everyday man and woman who yeah. put on the uniform. Um, but a great know. carpenter with a hammer sees everything as a nail. You know, exactly. A, a great police officer sees everything as something that needs policing. Because that's what they're trained to do, you know, yes. and and that's that's just human nature. I'm not blaming anybody, and they can be a great police officer. But when we're asking them to do things that they're not trained to do, and that they don't have the the background and time and and you know the the, the skill set to do, um, they're going to use the skill set they have and do the best they can. And you know, and that sometimes is putting them in an unfair situation. And so we need to. Be kind to our police officers and take some of the load off and and let them do the things that they do well and get them out of the things that they don't do well. Exactly. So with that, I think we're at the end of our uh, podcast for today. We be done. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great day, everyone.